Ugh, boy, hope I'm not getting a cold. Allergies. Yeah, I'm allergic to mediocre photographs from Time Magazine. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to episode 70 of On Taking Pictures. We're here each and every week. We're talking about the art and science of making photographs. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com. With me, way over on the other side of the country. I f- you feel so far away, Bill. So far. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> Bill Wadman, fancy New York portrait photographer. People think we're at the same table. Uh, no. no. I would be at, if we were at the same meal, I would be at the kids' table. It's about right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to take pictures today. Yeah. A friend of mine called me up and he does um, still life stuff like illustrations for magazines. And he has this thing he's doing for, I think, New Yorker, where I have to take pictures of a shiny cookie sheet, a silver cookie sheet with powder on it. I think it's some sort of breaking bad thing. But a shiny cookie sheet. Yeah. How do I take a picture of a reflective surface? It's going to be tricky. Uh, I have to light it from the side, bounce the reflections off, but also have enough light on it so that the powder shows up. It's going to be tricky. I'm, you know what? I'm sure, I'm sure that you will figure it out. Being, being fancy and all. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I have to mention, I, I got a chance to sit down with a, a listener of the show over the weekend Friend of a friend, uh, Brian James, photographer. Okay. Um, and a uh, good guy. Moved out here from Chicago. D- decided he wanted to do this long-form project and did a book on, uh, on burlesque. Shot uh, portraits of burlesque dancers in their homes all across the country. So um, pre- pretty ambitious project. That, that is a very ambitious project. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, How, many, how met, many did he shoot? Oh, uh, well over 100. Okay. Shot video of all of them. Wow. Uh, we're, yeah, we're gonna do a little a little interview thing for uh, for Faded and Blurred. We'll put it up, and uh, you know, I, I, if you're into burlesque, maybe uh, pick up a copy of his book. Okay. What's yeah. the book called? Uh, it's called All That Glitter. It's All That Glitters. Okay. That's what it's called. Okay. Uh, but yeah, just super nice guy, uh, and it was you know, it, this is a good thing. I like this part. Which part? Just talking to people and and meeting up with people. We we need to figure out a meetup thing. Yeah, we need to figure that out. That that would be a a super fun thing to do. You should do one on the west coast. I'll do one on the east coast. What? Why can't we do one together? Well, we could do that too. Am I coming to the west coast or you coming to the east coast? I would much rather come to the east coast. I would much rather that too. So why don't you come to the east coast? Yeah. Uh, you know, we gotta figure out. Maybe we can have an event. Okay. You know. Doesn't 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 Adorama? They they've got f- stuff for that, right? We're gonna see what we could do. I think we come on. Think, I'm working on it. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Should we kickstart it? Should we Indiegogo it? Oh God, <laughs> it's not what the world needs. Hey, um, uh, w- w- what's going on? What do, what do we want to talk about? I, you know what? I, you guys wrote this big article, the the little review of the new totally rad stuff. Oh, the, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What, what's, the, what's that stuff called? They've got a new uh, series of, of presets coming out called Replichrome. Okay. Film for Lightroom. Okay. 
And this, uh, they're film emulations then, right? Film, yeah, film emulation. Uh, they, Doug and his team spent uh, over a year shooting all sorts of film. Right. Uh, and then they had the results scanned on, the, uh, on um, Noritsu and Frontier scanners. Okay. Went back and analyzed all of this, you know, grain, exposure, luminosity, all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, ended up creating these really great... Uh, film presets. Uh, they've got Ektar 100. There are 13 presets in in the uh, in the package. There's Ektar. There's Portra uh, 160 and 400. Mm-hmm. I think even 800. Um, Plus X, uh, Tri X. Uh, on the black and white side, there's one more on the black and white. It, 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 we'll put a link in the in the show notes. It's a nice package. I how mean, much, it's, how much it, do they charge for it? Uh, I think. Don't quote me on this because it's not out yet, but I think it's going to be ninety nine bucks. Okay, all right. So if and you're, you if, can you can get a, a coupon to save some money. So you know it's out there, okay. or it will be out there this week, I think. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, and for people who like to replicate the look of certain films, it sounds like it's a good choice. Yeah, there's a number of these things out there already. There are they? Are. are there some better than others? Well, okay, that's the thing, right? I mean, first of all, I I think you'd be hard-pressed to find 20% of the people that use these who are well-versed enough in film to go, that looks exactly like blah, 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 blah. Right, or, they're just clicking through them until they find something that looks neat. Right. Uh, and, and granted, there might be people out there that can go, oh, wow, that really doesn't have the same fall-off or doesn't have the same you know, contrast curve or whatever. But I would imagine those people are few and far between the further we get away from film as everyday use. Right. You know, you and I were discussing this the other day um, and saying how we wish there was a, a good Kodachrome one. Yes. And then we found, I think, a fairly good Kodachrome one. It's not bad. It's not bad. And it's free. Yeah, it's Lightroom not bad. Presets. So we're going to put those we're going to put those in the show notes too. That's at x-equals.com. But yeah. but I bring all of this up to have a big discussion today. Yeah. We're going to we're going to duke it out right now. Over over film? Put your gloves on. We we're just going to we're going to see what develops. Oh. You see what I did there? Oh, wow, that was bad. <laughs> Hold on a second. I need to recover. Yeah. Should, um, should we bring in a fixer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so wrong. Um, well, here's... Okay, first of all, i just like to say that film is not flat. Right? Okay. Right? Film... Each of these films has a curve. It is. It is... They are, by definition more unnatural than most of your eh, unnatural uh incorrect than than most of these modern digital cameras okay you know and it's funny that in, in, now wait a minute Look, clarify that for me uh in, in, in terms of in how they reproduce color yes, saturation yeah 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 like un, okay. uh, un ac- inaccurate okay you know um I mean, look at look at how much the fact that there is that much of a difference between different film stocks that mm-hmm. if you shoot on 
Fuji, you know, 160S or Portro 160VC, the fact that those two pictures identical and two different cameras sitting next to each other look so different just shows how incorrect film is, right? Yeah. Film is an approximation. You know, we we did the best we could to get these salts or these dyes to react to light in an accurate way, in a linear way. Sure. And this is the best we could do. And here's Formula X and here's Formula Y and here's Formula Z. Right. Um, Well, I mean, look at, I mean, we mentioned Kodachrome a minute ago. The world doesn't look like it does on Kodachrome when rendered in Kodachrome. True. However, you know what's really funny about that? And and I said this the other day, is that, uh, yes, that's true. However, at the same time, when we when we look at those Steve McCurry last roll of Kodachrome stuff, mm-hmm. he took some pictures in New York, walking around New York. He took a couple of pictures of De Niro, right? Famous, right. right? But then what did he do? He went and got on a plane to India, which is where a lot of Kodachrome sort of look, uh, 70s and 80s look happened, where these geographic guys go into Africa and India Sure. Where they have these brightly colored turbans and, and you know, uh, uh, wrap dresses and all this kind of stuff. Sure. So how much of how much of Kodachrome's look is actually Kodachrome's look or how much of Kodachrome's look is the way things look that that you're pointing Kodachrome at? You know, how much mm-hmm. is it the subject and how much is it the film? Sure. Because even when you went out and shot Kodachrome recently, like as recently as you could, it didn't look nearly as cool as when Saul Leiter was shooting it. Right. Because New York looked differently, say. You know, signs were different color reds and, and people wore... You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. Uh, what was the other guy that, that was a huge shooter of... Co- uh, Charles Cushman, remember him? Okay. Uh, he, in fact, the collect, his collection, NPR did a thing about him a couple years ago. And he left all of his... Uh, collection of Kodachrome slides, almost, I think, 15,000, if I remember right, right. Uh, to Indiana University. Okay. So they've got his whole collection. And, and what was interesting is he's, you know, driving around America shooting Kodachrome. And yeah. if, if, you, if, you, if you look through some of these photographs, it, to your point, it's, it's, become, it's become how we remember the 1940s and 1950s in America. Yes, true. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that Paul Simon wrote a song about it. Did he? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Totally true. But, you know, it's like you and I tried some of these presets and they they did give it a little bit of that Kodachrome look, but it still looks like modern photos, I think, because there's modern people in them. Right. And somehow that that's what it loses. It loses its its. I think a lot of Kodachrome's love was sort of this reminiscent quality of it. But if you're mm-hmm. taking modern pictures with it, it doesn't quite have that same thing. Or non-exotic pictures, you know, he's exotic broadly. You know, uh, yes, stuff you yes. don't normally see around. You know, um, and it got me thinking about the fact that like. You know, we, 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 we like the look of these film pictures, supposedly, so much so that we'll pay money to emulate them digitally, accurately, whatever that means. 
And what's crazy about that is that is there actually something special about film or is it just is it is it just that what that's what we were used to, you know? Um okay, I I've talked to several photographers who still shoot film and each of them insist that there's a difference in the way the image is captured. There's a difference in the way highlights roll off. There's a difference in uh, dynamic range. And, and I think across the board, at least the people that I've talked to are, are quick to point out, they're, they're, they're quick to point out not necessarily a value judgment of better or worse, just different. Um, yes. However, I mean, okay, let's, let's, let's break these down. Because there, there are a number of different arguments here. There is, there is uh, the resolution question. Okay. Right. Uh, there is the... In, in terms of how many digital megapixels do you need to get to 35 millimeter film? Yeah, that kind of thing, right? Like okay. how, much, how much detail is actually recorded here, right? There's the, there's the so-called dynamic range uh, question, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, like, you know... How, from from darks to lights, like how much information is getting held and things clipping highlights and all that kind of stuff, right? Sure. Okay. Um, uh, and then let's see what else. Uh, there, there's also uh, the color rendition, right? Which we've already sort of talked about because that's what all of these things are just sort of messing around with color, these mm-hmm. formulations. Okay. I did a bunch of research this week. Uh, on different sites where people were comparing film to digital in a semi-scientific or scientific way. You know, okay. all these sites where they're just like, I took the same picture with this and with this. Much more so than, than, than you and I just going, well, it looks different. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And here's the thing. I found people, starting with resolution, I found people who claim that a 35 millimeter uh, piece of film is the equivalent of 40-something megapixels. Okay. I have. I then there's people who say it's eighty something, and then there's people who say it's ten, and then there's people who say it's six. Like it's it's crazy, and I think part of the problem is that with with film, there's two questions. There's the resolution of the image captured, and then there's the resolution of the grain itself. If you, for example, go to the beach and draw, you know, something on the sand, you know, if you draw something with beach sand. A picture of, I don't know, somebody's face, right? You know, whatever, yep. like, you know. Yep. Yeah, yes, you could zoom in and in and in and get more and more detail on each single grain of sand. But is that actually giving you any more detail on the face that was drawn with it? See what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Like there's sort of, saying. there's two levels, right? Okay. Where in digital, we get these square pixels. In film, there are these uh, uh, unevenly sized grains of either salts or dyes that are in there. But yeah, okay, so yeah, we could we could dig deeper and get more detail on the grain. But does that actually show us any more of the picture? You know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of those things that the people who are huge film nuts don't really talk about all that off they're just like oh you know you can you can scan it even higher res with a higher res scanner and look even more information comes out it's like yeah well it's more information in the sense that you're getting more information about the grain and the structure of whatever but does that actually show you any more of the picture that was captured 
You know, can I read any more if you were shooting something that had text in it? Could I get any more detail out of somebody's shirt or the foliage? Or am I just getting, you know, am I going to that next level down? Am I looking at the atoms instead of what the atoms are making up? Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Okay. Um, and I think that that's, that's like a big question. Uh, I will tell you. You know, people will claim even 35 millimeter that it can it can be this kind of crazy. Oh, it's 40 megapixels or whatever. You know what? No one blows up 35 millimeter film beyond I don't know what 11 by 17, 13 by 19, like that that kind of size. Like it doesn't look that good bigger than that. People do it and they blow it up to the size of a wall, but to get that super grainy sort of you know uh, nebulous soft kind of look, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean that that picture looks good that big or that that film actually has enough information for that it's just that you're blowing it up and it blows up better because it's softer around the edges right the pixels aren't square they're different weird shapes you know well look even uh, the helmet newton stuff that's currently at the annenberg which if you if you live near la i think you've got a two weeks or no week and a half yeah uh, if, if you if you're a fan of Helmut Newton, get to the Annenberg and see it. It's I, I'd say run, don't walk, but there's no sidewalks in L.A. So drive. That, that is true. Don't. And nobody walks in L.A. Yeah. Uh, but even his stuff shot with medium format, the 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 pictures that are five and six feet across, there's a huge amount of grain. Right. At medium format. Right. Right. Yeah. I you know I, I I always bring it up, but I've got this picture of Yosemite on my wall that's thirty by forty eight that I shot with my five D Mark II. And it's detailed all the way down to the trees in the distance. You know, there's no way in hell that a that a 35 millimeter film camera would be able to blow up that big and look that good. It's not going to happen, you know, but but maybe it's. Hmm, maybe it's it's I mean, it's it's this forest for the trees. It's not a technical. Then what is it? argument maybe it's more of an aesthetic argument maybe it's it's an aesthetic argument or a or a um uh a gaia argument i don't know i mean is is it the same as as can you make the equation of of digital music versus analog music Um, you know some something recorded digitally and played back in you know, not MP3, but maybe in sure. SHN or FLAC or something. Oh, we, we, yeah, sure. Let's talk audio. I'll talk audio all day. Okay. Technically, that's a superior recording to analog, is it not? Um, well, it depends which analog, you know, in, in much the same way that there are different sizes of film. There's also okay, right. different we're, things we're, of we're tape making, and We're making generalizations. Yeah, okay. okay? Um, so in general, let, let's say that, that uh, you know, you've got the new nine inch nails record that arguably was probably recorded digitally, right? Uh, Probably. And you're playing back these digital files versus listening to it on a record. Personally, I would take, I would take high, high level digital over analog. Okay. But, but for every one of you, there's also somebody out there that will prefer analog regardless. Yes. Yeah. Because to them, analog is better. It doesn't matter that it's got less fidelity or it doesn't matter that it's got, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lower bit rate or it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. It's, right. it's, it's an audio aesthetic that, that resonates with them. Yes. Yeah. And I think. Which is fine for, if you're making that argument. But then if you're making that argument, don't say that it's superior on technical details. 
There's an art. One of the art. One of the articles that I pulled up was a uh, a luminous landscape. I think this is the one. Uh, it was a luminous landscape article about this guy who shot uh, 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 a Pentax six seven. Okay. Uh, versus a an eleven megapixel one DS. So the okay. original one DS from you okay. know way back in when. Back now, then, the one DS is a full frame camera, full frame right? eleven megapixel. Okay, yeah. Um, so you're comparing a, a thirty five millimeter digital source with a six by seven digital source. A six by seven film. Oh, six by seven film. Okay, yeah. Okay. And back then, he chose the one DS. Right. So if he chose the one DS ten years ago, this guy said it was superior, and he does you know close up zoom ins and multiple scans, drum scans, Imicon scans, all that kind of stuff, you know, and says how much better the the you know the the you know not having to deal with dust and and all that kind of stuff, and and that you know he could he could pull more out of the shadows and whatever, you know. Somebody once said, yes, you know, film people like to talk about how wonderful the highlights are, but they rarely talk about how awful the shadows are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're you're choosing your whole thing. You know, is 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 there, for example. Uh, a, uh, a roll off in the highlights of film. Well, it's not so much a roll off is it's just a characteristic of film that, you know, film needs X amount of light before it actually gets exposed at all. And it gets into this, like the, the knee at the bottom of it, right? Where it starts actually chemical reactions are happening because of the light hitting it. And right. then it goes all the way up to the point where no matter how much light you put into it, you don't get an equivalent amount out. You know, where 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 it curves the other way, where you could bang it with light and it can't get any more exposed, you know, like it. So there's the it pushes back on both sides, much like um, much like tape does. Right. If you if you have like really good tape in the studio record audio recording, you can you can oversaturate it. You can push more into it and you can say, hey, tape record, you know, this level that's like plus 10 dB over over normal and the tape will go. Yeah, sorry, I can only go up to like five right now, so I'm just going to record five. And when you play it back, they, they think people listen and they go, "Oh, listen to how like how smooth the, the you know all the, all the compression that happens." It's like, well, yeah, because it was you were trying to ask the tape or the film to do something that it couldn't do. It can't take any more light in the highlights. So the way you perceive that is a nice smooth roll off of 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 peaks is or or highlights in in the film case is actually just, you know, part of how it works. It's not accurate, but you like the way it looks because it it makes it seem like it is encapsulating more information than it actually is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the same way, I mean, put resolution aside, dynamic range, people, there were people saying that, that, you know, famously slide film has very little dynamic range from its darkest thing to its brightest thing, six, maybe seven stops. Okay. Right? Which is nothing. Right, compared right. to, di- I mean, good digital now, especially with raw, you're at 12, 13 stops, you know? Okay. Um, but if you look at negative film and that you ask people, and I looked up all these different sites, I got numbers between seven or eight for negative film and 18 for negative mm. film. And I'm like, mm. there's no possible way that you people can be measuring the same thing when you have a 10 stop difference in what you claim it can hold, you know? Right. Um, in my personal experience, 
shooting plenty of 35 millimeter film, medium format film. I shot some Hasselblad stuff the other day and, uh, and, and, and large format film. The film does not hold black and white film holds a lot like good 13, 14 stops, maybe, but like color negative film doesn't hold that much. I don't know. I, I feel like it's <sighs> wishful thinking. I don't know. It's like, it's like people don't, but maybe it's not a technical argument. Yeah, anymore. I know. I, well, okay. Anymore. That's fine. But like people still make the technical argument. Sure, sure. I but uh, and you know what? Scanning sucks. Okay, scanning. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Uh, you just think oh, it's a purely aesthetic argument. I don't know that it's purely aesthetic, but uh, and some of this is tainted by. I just watched Sound City finally. Yep. Which is a fantastic documentary. Yes. Good. Good movie. Uh, and and the entire film. And the entire premise of the film was built around how awesome this console is. Dave Grohl's love for this console. Yeah, this this mixing console, this analog, ancient, antique, yep. you know, by, by today's standards, mixing console that was used to mix everybody from Fleetwood Mac to Neil Young to Rick Springfield. You can go your own way. Yeah. Sorry. Which the story of how Lindsey Buckingham and 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 Stevie Nicks actually joined Fleetwood Mac is genius. It's fantastic. Yeah. She was hot uh, when she was young. She was gorgeous. Yeah. Still is. Still is. Go ahead. Um, but you know, th- these are these are people that have you know these bands at this level have access to the pick of the litter of digital gear, but yeah. for some reason they go beyond what what math and physics say is better and go back to this mixing board, this yeah, analog mixing board, that particular board, like analog high end analog gear mm-hmm. has been as good as it's been for the last 40, 50 years. So yes, while it's old, that is still a state of the art as far as it is still an excellent piece of gear much sure. the same way that like you know that 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 uh, that a uh, you know a leica from 50 years ago is still a great camera okay but to use to use your your dynamic range uh example yep it, is tape being recorded through that board going to have the same fidelity or or audio dynamic range if you will of going from digital to digital staying digital no no, it'll it'll impart an aesthetic, right? The question right. the question is is do we like that aesthetic because it's what we knew first, or do we like it because it's inherently better? Well, that's hmm, that's a big question, right. and I don't know that if you if you put a dozen photographers in a room and ask them the same question, that you'd get the same dozen answers. I think you're going to get different answers from different people. I would also say that if you brought a dozen photographers in the room and showed them now photographs, really well done, well technically done photographs on both film and digital as prints. Mm -hmm. I think nowadays they would have a hard time discerning the difference between them. That, that the times that you notice film are the times when you notice films deficiencies. Okay. Where you notice the contrast or you notice 
you know, the, 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 um, you know, the, the grain, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The, the, the times when you notice film are the times when you notice that it is film. Not sure. that it, not that film imparts something. It's sort of like you wouldn't know that it was an analog recording unless you heard the hiss. You know that. Kind uh, of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, um, and that that would be an interesting question to to ask. Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. Now, uh, up until this point, we we've we've looked at only the end result. Yes. Right. Yep. And 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 the end result is only a small part of it for people that still shoot film. There's the idea that it's, it's slower. It's more methodical. Sure. It's, you're not shooting, uh, you know, especially if you're shooting medium format film, you're not shooting five, six, eight, ten, twelve frames per second. Sure. But you know what? My camera could do seven frames per second. And I've never put it in that mode. Um, like they say in that, uh, what is the, uh, what was the, uh, side by side? The mm-hmm. film documentary. Sure, sure. It's like just because digital's ready to go at a moment's notice doesn't mean that you can't take a break during shooting. You know, people used to say, oh, I liked it when we shot film because there was a f- six minute break every 10 minutes because they had to swap the film out. You know, it's like, well, nothing's saying that you can't take a break every five minutes. It's just no. there's not this artificial limitation that you have to take a break every uh, five completely minutes. Completely understood. And that has to do understood. with the leadership of the director or the overall temperament of the photographer. I mean, you shoot your, your Fuji with the screen off. Yep. You don't look at the stuff until you get home. Right. You shoot it as if it's a film camera. I try to, but that's intentional. Right. Absolutely. Tell, tell a a wedding or event or sports photographer to keep their camera on single frame. It's not going to happen. Right. But the, the question, the question is, do you, if you, went and asked those same photographers 15 years ago whether they were frustrated by the fact that they could only take X and they had to wait X to see it and they had to whatever. They'd be, oh my God, I'd love to be able to see it instantly or take 10 frames a second or blah, 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 blah. You know? Sure. Just so, sure. so is, is again, is the love of it just because it's not the way it is anymore? I bet you if you ask those people, if you said, you know what, for every frame you take, we can actually give you like a little Polaroid so you could see how the exposure was when you take it so that you don't have to come back here three weeks later to retake the shot because it was overexposed. I bet you those people would go, oh, my God. Wow. Sure. Well, but look, it, there was still Polaroid. They used Polaroid. Yeah. People, right? people did that. Right. And because, still missed the shot. Sure. Because it's 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 more than just. And which it's is more than just the technical. Okay, which is which is fine for the amateur or the art photographer, but for a professional who you know is doing it for a trade, is doing a service. Those question marks were probably a real pain in the ass. You know. Yeah. Okay. So so there. I guess what I'm saying is that they're you know the, yeah we can get we can get all romantic about it. But those same things that everyone claims to be the wonderful things about film are also the things that probably drove a lot of pros nuts, whether they want to admit it now or not. You know, I think I I think I I think ultimately, look, I shoot film, I shoot digital. And is there a difference between the two? Yeah, I guess there's a difference between the two. Do I shoot differently? I mean, other than slowing down, because it's a lot more expensive to shoot film. You know, I shot uh, I shot this. I took my Hasselblad out the other day when we went and met some friends 
and I shot a roll and that roll of film probably cost me what, six, seven bucks now. And then I took it down to a place and it cost me like $12. So it cost me $20. It cost me a buck 50 a picture to take pictures. Now this is a 12 exposure roll. How many exposures? 12, 12, 12. Okay. You know, um, so, and, and it took, you know, three hours and then the guy, you know, you know, all told, you know, took a, an hour or so to go down there and get it processed. And, and the, it's so funny, this place I go, they do a fine job of just running the stuff through the machine, but we were then going to go meet up with these same people I took pictures of. So I said, Hey, could you just do me a quick set of prints, you know, uh, so I can bring these people pictures of themselves. Right. And the guy, the guy's got the, the, the scanner on the. So it like scans them into this computer and then it prints on this Noritsu printer. Mm-hmm. But the guy, when the pictures come up, he's making decisions on contrast and color and all that kind of stuff on a maybe 15 year old CRT with an anti glare screen on top. Right. Like there's <laughs> like, I'm sure completely uncalibrated. Right. You know, I mean, you can't, it, it, it's, it was like, it was like trying to edit pictures on your old feature phone. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god i can't you know and of course the pictures come out and they're the colors really way off and that kind of thing and that's the other thing man scanning and getting color right on color revert negative film ugh. yeah you know um but but i shot very similar the only thing it slows me down is that i'm worried about wasting too much money but as far as the results that i get out i don't think there's anything special about my film pictures over the non-film pictures yeah, I, I think overall there there's a sense that digital has pulled back the curtain. Okay. And that there's still that you know you you mentioned that we want to romanticize it. Well, of of course we do. Of course we want to romanticize film. We want to romanticize film. We want to romanticize printing in a dark room because yep. it's magic. Yeah. It's okay. It's, yeah. It's a it's a blank sheet of yeah. paper that that becomes yep. a photograph. Absolutely. And you know what? That's that is is you know as much as even reading upon uh, reading up on the uh, the the stuff we were going to do the cyanotypes. Yep. So I was reading some pages of cyanotypes and then oh uh, oh I'm doing it. Oh, I'm going to do it too. But okay, I was good. I was reading some of the some of the technical stuff in the process and whatever it is and and it included a bunch of the chemical transpositions that happen over the course of it. And there's like, you know, these huge giant things from chem 6, you know. Right. Right. Class. right, right. And what's funny about it is that the, the, these people were he even the people who understand the chemistry in an intimate way. And I'm not sure that everyone who throws around the chemical names actually understands what's happening. Right. But even the people that do, it still feels like alchemy. Yeah. You know, in a way that, that, that it's almost as if it is magic. Yeah. Okay. Why isn't it also magic that you can capture light on a digital card and print it out on your Epson? Isn't that magic as well? It is. Wouldn't that be considered magic to somebody 50 years ago? It is. But somehow, at least speaking for myself, <laughs> there's, there's math and wires and circuits. Okay, but there's, there's chemistry and, and I know, physics. But there's, just, and- there's something more visceral 
about a chemical process. There's something more base about a chemical process than, than a mathematical interpolation. Hmm. And I can't explain it. Yeah, either can I. I can't explain it. And, and maybe um, for people who have never shot film or never been in a darkroom or never, you know, have seen an analog image appear, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe, maybe I sound like a complete kook. Yeah. But because that's where I started and it was, it was, it was the glow of the safe light and it was the smell of, of the chemistry. And it was, it was days after, uh, you know, smelling those chemicals on your hands, on your clothes, whatever. <laughs> the carcinogens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it, 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 I've said this before, it cemented photography to me as a process, not an outcome. Um, okay. Yeah. And that's I fine. think people that, that, that really are passionate about film look at it in a similar way. Okay. That, that it's not necessary. Yeah. Okay, fine. You can shoot a, a 50 megapixel Hasselblad HD five, uh, and get this big, gigantic, beautiful file with huge dynamic range and no grain and blah, 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 blah. Right. But it's not listening to an analog record. It's not listening to, you know, Sinatra in 57 recorded in, you know, wherever. It's, it's not the same. And it has nothing to do with the technical quality of it. It's well, just not the same. Well, there's part of me that then would ask, then what are we doing here? Are, 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 are we trying to record with light or are we trying and accurately or are we trying or is it all about the step by step process of, of doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it, it's different for different people. Look, one of the reasons I, I really love things like Replichrome or, or uh, Visco or, you know, any of the other things we're we're able to get a similar end result. We're able to fiddle with knobs and dials and 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 take a better source material right yeah and still create something that is reminiscent of of this thing that we love right of this of this aesthetic quality that we love you know is is you know the the portra 160 preset in replichrome does it look exactly like portra 160 if you shot the same i don't know yeah. I have no idea because a, I've never shot portrait 160. Yeah. For, you know, for a long time, there was in, in the audio world for a long time, it still is, you know, you used to be able to buy fake taps, uh, uh, tape saturation plugins and, you know, uh, these kinds well, of things. Pardon me for being an idiot. What is tape saturation? Oh, uh, that, that's, that's the, the stuff I was talking about before where like, no matter how hard the signal you tell the tape to record, it refuses to record a signal any higher than X, you okay, know, sort of okay. the same way that film tops out and it's highlights tape tops out and they call it tape saturation that you're, you're pushing the tape and the tape is pushing back. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. okay. Thanks. 
so so they make ta- tape saturation plugins where like it's literally a dial like the old days and they're like how hard do you want to push the tape and you could choose the kind of tape that it was oh it's ampex hmm. 401 you know whatever it is right and is it is it did it sound good yeah yeah on certain things it sounds good because we are used to say you know drums in a room do not sound like drums on an analog tape that's oversaturated you know okay just doesn't you know jason bonham or you know just dad who hit obviously harder than he did uh playing in in a room with you did not sound like a led zeppelin record you know what i mean yeah okay Okay. Uh, a Led Zeppelin record was somewhat a creation of the way it was recorded, you know, mm-hmm. as, as all this stuff is nowadays, right? Um, and and it's it's interesting, you know. But at that point, should should we be trying to replicate one on the other, or should you, you know, let film be film and let digital be digital? But faking digital on film isn't that one? Or faking well, okay, film look, on digital. Isn't that just one step f- for up the chain from Instagram borders? But at its core, film, I mean, digital, is trying to replicate film. I mean, it's, it's down to the sensor level. You know, Nikon used one type of film as sort of the basis for how their sensors record color. And Canon used another type of film for how they want the base level of their sensors to record color. Um, it wasn't, they weren't produced in a vacuum. They, they were using film as a reference point. I don't know that they do anymore. You know, I would be surprised if you mean, well, at least as far as like all those sort of curves, I mean, ultimately all these, all of these film emulations and things, these are just different curves you're putting on top of something that is a certain way, you know? Sure. Uh, Sure. Which is why even when you, you add those different curves, the, the totally rad stuff you have to it figures out what camera you have because it needs to know what baseline you're starting from right 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 um now i don't know enough about the technology behind it to know that uh, do modern sensors recording raw image data is that a pure sample as it were it is or or no i mean there's a lot of interpolation in there yeah right but they can much more accurately get to what is correct, quote unquote, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because, because measurements, they have so much more control. We have this raw data. We know that it's supposed to be this spectral frequency of whatever. What do we need to do to it to get it so that this chart looks the way it's supposed to look? You know, you okay. can, where, where but I mean, even now, if you, if you take a D 800, yeah. shoot a portrait and take a five D three, shoot the exact same portrait, just pick up a camera and shoot the same portrait. They look different. They look different. And, and from, but I don't think they look nearly as different as different films look. Maybe not, but they do look different. And if, if we're recording raw data in quotes, but then shouldn't raw data be the same across the board? Uh, it should maybe, but it's not, I, I think, I mean, even now Canon, I, Canon skin tones to me look better than Nikon skin tones. Yeah, which is funny because then I know other people who say the exact opposite. Yeah, to my aesthetic, <laughs> what I, and, and and again, maybe it's processing, maybe it's Well, that's the other knows? thing. I mean, could you take those two files and with a little with 10 minutes of work get them within negligible quality difference 
Probably. Yeah, you probably. But did. if that's the case, if if we're using if we're recording light in a raw fashion, which supposedly is just that raw with no outside influence, then shouldn't they be identical or as close to identical as they can get? I think I think that there are aesthetic decisions made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those are probably as much about marketing differentiation as they are anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, 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 it's it's a really interesting thing. I mean, slightly back to the to the to the question of uh, the alchemy question we were mm-hmm. saying before. I think another thing that a lot of a lot of photographers, well, a number of things. Number one. Generally, with the alchemy stuff, a lot of photographers used to hand their film in and get it done and get these prints from some lab. And they say, oh, see how much better film looks. It's like, well, yeah, but you're you're completely discounting the amount of work the people at that lab did to get that color right. 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 You know, when when there was a human being. Right. Joe, the guy at the lab, you know, spent three hours trying to get that print to look that way. (laughs) You know, it's not that the print just looked that way straight off the film. Right. Um, Uh, and, and I think that there's a certain amount of that too, where, you know, I always shot Kodachrome and my pictures look this way because of Kodachrome. It, it takes some of the burden off of you to make good. It's, it's a team effort. Mm -hmm. It's me and the Kodachrome. That's why it looks good. Oh, well, you're telling me I don't have Kodachrome anymore. And all of these cameras are pretty much equal and it's up to me to get it the way it looks well oh that makes that makes me nervous because you're taking away some of my magic sauce right you know uh, i think there's some of that too it's almost like right. a, a fear of not having the alchemy well it's 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 is there a is there a comparison to nascar <laughs> okay we're going all over the place with the comparisons right? today but okay uh, well in theory it should come down to driver skill right yes. in theory all the cars have to adhere to the same rules right but they don't i mean yeah, the, you know right the, the results are, are wildly different but i so no, in, in, wildly different i bet you those nascar cars are within one or two percent of each other in almost every single way okay but, but that one or two percent over 400 whatever right up. the yep. end results are different so yep. in theory you've got you've got all these manufacturers producing raw files yep that that supposed to adhere to some standard uh okay for the Don't sake they? of argument uh no i think they adhere to their own standards but i think that ultimately they're all just trying to make technology that's more and more accurate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the annoying thing when they were formulating films is that because of chemistry um there was a certain thing where okay i want to make the blues more correct well in doing so making the changes to the formulation we've made it so that reds shifted this way you know, right, that, okay, that it was okay. all, like that was a, a, a case of whack-a-mole to get accuracy. Okay. Where with digital, <laughs> I think you can more fine tune. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I, I do. I, you know, you know what I'd love to do would be to get somebody. Does anybody know anybody who was like a, a, an engi- a chemical engineer, a formulation guy at like Kodak back in the day? I'd love to talk to a guy like that. Yeah. I want to know yep. what went into this, you know, how far off we are in what we're saying. Um, cause I don't, you know, I've known enough engineers and been through enough engineering processes and read enough books about engineering projects, like large scale engineering projects to know that this is 95% sure that this is the way it goes, you know? Right. Um, right. 
It's it's well, and and I'm I'm fascinated by you know, yes, I I, I wax poetic about film and you know romanticize it to a certain right. degree, but, but I'm you also don't shoot fascinated. with a film camera. I don't shoot with a film camera, right? No, not anymore. Uh, but I'm fascinated by this idea of of recording light onto a sensor. You know, if okay. if I if I grow tomatoes, the same kind of tomatoes. What if I grow tomatoes? That that's that's you know what, you can do that. <laughs> uh, wherever I have a certain kind of tomato in the country, I know they're going to taste the same. Okay. But all and, and it's weird. All of these camera manufacturers are starting with the same baseline of of wanting to record light. Yes. But yeah. their results, I mean, they're wildly different. Wildly different. I you know here's the thing. I they're, they're different enough to notice. My my thing is is that I shoot with a certain camera, right? I think that my pictures would still look pretty in the end. They would look pretty much like they do now, largely indistinguishable. If I was shooting the equivalent Nikon. Okay. Now, part of that is because I do so much post on my pictures that I will take whatever clay the camera gives me and mold it into whatever I damn well please after the fact. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Quick example. Yeah. I shot video some video tests with my camera yeah, and with Nikki's camera. Yeah. Video looks very different between cameras. Huge difference. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> it looked like they were different cameras. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to do the same thing with stills. Just everything, zero out all the dials, all the buttons, all zero out everything and shoot side by side raw files i haven't done this yet and see how they look different uh yeah well you know what dp review does it you could go look at their test shots and line up three different oh, that's pictures true. and flip between that's true them. yeah that's the, true the question is whether or not the final picture makes any difference you know whether here's here's the problem all of the pictures that you've seen that you think are famous, all the Cartier-Bresson shots, all the Avedon shots, all the, you know, whatever. A lot of, like, especially the Cartier-Bresson shots, those were all shot on little tiny Leicas. Yeah. They print them. You, I've seen hundreds of Cartier-Bresson prints now, and they're all 11 by 14-ish kind of size. They don't print bigger than that. You know, the printers choose not to. Mm -hmm. And these are some of the most famous pictures of all time. They are not technically incredible photographs. Right. He was not a technical photographer. There was plenty of like negatives that are very, very uh, thin or very, you know, overdone. And people in the dark rooms had to, you know, do some sort of uh, chemical uh, judo to get them to, to print well. Sure. You sure. know, th they so weren't just straight. Right. You know, the the idea that we all think that we need these cameras and want we need to be able to print the size of billboards. It's like, how many of us will ever print the size of billboards? Yeah. How many of us will ever print bigger than 20 by 30 tops? Yeah. Or bigger than 13 by 19 that comes out of your printer at home? Yeah. Why are you so concerned about the, the general you, not you? Why are you so concerned about being able to have a level of quality that... 
all of the pictures that you've ever seen in your life that you thought were the best things you've ever seen. The, the reasons why you became a photographer in the first place were not taken at that level of quality. Right. Well, it's, 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 you know, what they call it different. It's gear acquisition syndrome. It's, it's grasses greener yeah. syndrome. It's, yeah. it's, that's what fuels the industry. Yeah. Although I, I need 24 megapixels cause 20 isn't enough. Yeah. Although we can discuss that. I mean, there was that, that Kirk Tuck article that everyone's been talking about, you know, has, has the bubble burst. Cause I think apparently the numbers on, uh, on, on camera sales have dropped like 30 something percent in right. North America in the last six months or whatever in the last year. Yeah. And I personally think it's because nothing new has happened in cameras. We've, we've, we've reached this plateau. Everything is 18 megapixels, 24 megapixels, 36 megapixels. Yeah. The camera that you had from three years ago is almost exactly the same as the camera you're going to have now. And that no one really needs anything new. And, and you know, your, your average person listening to this show is not buying a new set of gear every three years. You know, they right. spent three or $4,000 on really nice stuff, maybe, or even maybe. spent $1,000 on a camera. They can't spend another $1,000 two years later to get two more megapixels or a half a stop better in, 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 in low light or whatever, right. you know, the, built in Wi-Fi. Exactly. Like these are, these are, these are pointless. And, and you could say, oh my God, camera sales are down 43%. All right. Well, how about you show me that graph extended out 25 years back? And show me this huge bump that happened in, in the 2000s. And okay, it's it's down 43%, but it's still probably way above where it was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, I was reading- Especially s- when you factor in camera phones and- Yeah, and exactly. And, you know, yeah. yeah, more people, people aren't using point and shoots because they have, they have their phones. <laughs> and that's fine. You know, um, I, I do not, I don't cry for the camera manufacturers. You know, they make great tools. Sure. And yeah, they were in the, the race to get faster and better and whatever it is, just like every tech thing in the first eight to 10 years of its thing. But it's leveling off now, you know, right. Just like you don't need a new computer. The one you have from three years ago is probably fine for if all you're doing is browsing the web and going on Facebook and checking your email, you know, and oh, Intel stock is down because of that. Well, OK, but it's not because Intel doesn't make good stuff anymore. They're not making better, faster stuff. It's just that no one needs that much more. You know? Right. And it's slowed. The, the pace of progress is slowed down. Right. You know? Well, I mean, look, look, we talked about this before the show. Apple. Perfect example. Yeah. I don't. You know what? The iPhone 5S. Oh, it's got a better camera or maybe it'll have this uh, fingerprint reader. It's like, OK, none of those things are really going to change the way I use my phone. Right. You know, I don't use Siri. I, I you know, I check my email. <laughs> you know, I tweet. I listen to my podcasts. My phone does. It's a, you know, it does all those things perfectly fine. Right. Um, I put a picture up yesterday on the group and somebody made so uh, maybe it was on the group or maybe I ended up going on. Oh, I didn't even put it on the group. I put it on Facebook. I should put it on the group. I took I took this picture with my phone of oil in the Gowanus Canal over by me. I was up in this up in the subway and there was, you know, the, the, the surface of the water is all glistening. Okay. And I took a picture and I cropped it tighter and I up the boosted the contrast and, and boosted the uh, the saturation and saved it, and I called it oil painting. Huh, okay. Right, as, as a joke. And yep. people thought it was a real oil painting. And it was a photograph with my phone of water. You know what I mean? Right, like it, right, right. right. Th- th- there are, th- it's, it's interesting. I mean, these things are beyond, a lot of the pictures I put up on the group lately are on my phone because I carry my phone around. I don't carry my big camera around. You right. Know? Um, 
It's just, it, it, yeah, we don't need more gear. What was it? What, what was the, what was the Trent Reznor quote? Oh, for, uh, yeah. There's a uh, Trent Reznor quote from Sound City. Uh, great quote. He says, the tools are better. Now that everyone is empowered with these tools to create stuff, has there been a lot more great shit coming out? Not really. You still have to have something to do with those tools. You should really try to have something to say. Right. And it's the same thing with the video stuff. Are there more people who can take corporate videos for corporate things for less money? Sure. But are they actually saying something? Right. Ultimately, you have to have a point of view. Right. And, And I think that that is where I don't, I am, you know, I mean, look, I do my work. Would I like more clients? Of course, everyone would want more clients. But do I feel somewhat secure in the sense that I feel like I have a point of view in the portraits that I take? You know, yes, I do. You know, I think that somebody's going to hire me because they want what I can do with the gear, not that they want my gear. Right. And unless you shoot film. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, unless you shoot film. (laughs) You know what you are? (laughs) P and my A. Yeah. Uh, all right, why don't we why don't we talk about our uh our sponsor of the week? Our sponsor of the week. Uh I know what I, you're I, about to say right now. What what do you what, what do you, you you got nothing. You got nothing on me. You I, don't know me. You're going to say something along the lines of Bill, I wish that I had um 14 stock photographs. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you're not going to do it? You know, you know what? And the horse you rode in on. <laughs> Come on, give me a good intro. You, yeah, you you and the horse. Yeah. That's it. Uh, all right, Jeffrey. How many pictures of horses <laughs> oh, do they have is. on Shutterstock.com? Horses! Woo! Look, Shutterstock.com, you'll find over 25 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips. Go over and 146,000 of those are gonna be horses. <laughs> is that true? It is true. 146,000? 146,000 pictures of horses. Uh, start your That's search at com. You can find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or other creative project. You know what? And we're photographers. I'm adding this into the ad. If you want to go become, you know, stick all your street photography up there and you can make a buck or two. Have it instead of having it sit on your thing. Wait, wait who was it? Tim Dobbs? Tim Dobbs, friend of the show. Film shooter. Thank you very much. Yeah. See, that's why he doesn't put enough pictures. He doesn't. How many? Uh, how many of the ten thousand a day is he adding? Uh, six. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Shutterstock gives you global image collection. You can get these pictures from Tim Dobbs. Tim's in the UK, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. You can get pictures from the UK. You know the people who speak that British talk. Uh, you can also find images from across the world to shoot your project. Uh, they choose between image packs, monthly subscription packages. Uh, it's the, the subscription packages, man. If you needed a lot of stock photography are a great deal. Oh yeah. They're fantastic. Uh, yeah. deal. So if you need just one image, you need a bunch a month, you can do both of those. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new. They had 10,000 a day. Three of them are Tim Dobbs. Uh, and right. it's more affordable than you think. No extra charge for large files. You can download any image, any size, one price. They don't nickel hey, and dime you for high res. What? You know what else? What? Almost 10,000 video clips of, of horses. horses. Of course there are. And but video. I mean, if you need video, you're not going to, what are you going to load up and go to Montana? So you're Jeffrey, if, if, if you were going, if you were going to show me some of those, you could, you could do so with one of these light boxes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can create a light box for free and look, here's like a horse, like smiling, like Mr. Ed. A horse is a horse. <laughs> 
horse to horse to horse. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can save these. I, you know what? I can look at them on my iPad. I can look them at look at them uh, for free. the iPad app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No credit card. Nope. Uh, you know, you can sign up and, and people are going to think you, you are on the ball. You, you know, you need to make some more infographics since they have all those infographic images. I'm a horrible infographic. Well, maybe you need maker. to work on it then. <laughs> uh, and it, look, you can even get, uh, enhanced licensing to, uh, to print it on, on swag or, or make a print. I'm going to make a print. Uh, you, you should, you should make a horse print. Ah, uh, horses. You also have 24 hour support during the week. Again, these people do not sleep for you people. No, they're uh, sitting, they're waiting for you right now. Yeah. With, 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 <laughs> with a, a chug of coffee and, a you chug? know, I don't that? even know. <laughs> Do they have bathrooms at their desks or their cubicles? A chug? There's, you know, there's a, they're, they're catheters, I think. Oh, but it's awful. Look, <laughs> sign up and get a free browse account. Go to shutterstock.com. No credit cards needed. And when you find the images you like, you decide to purchase, use the offer code pictures eight. And you'll get 30% off of any package from Shutterstock.com. We thank them very much for their support of On Taking Pictures in 5x5. And, uh, yeah, go check them out. Pictures 8, Shutterstock.com. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, I, we, were jo- we were joking about it, but honestly, there are some really cool photos of horses in here. <laughs> like there, there's, look, I'm horses this freak one. me out a little bit. I, have I to love admit. horses. Wait, send me uh, a link. Let me see. They're, 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 they're running through the snow. There's a black one and a white one. Like running through this 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 really deep powdery snow, it's gorgeous. Yeah, here yeah. here, look at this real quick. Let me let me see let me see. I'll I'll, I'll tell you if it's good. <clears throat> it's loading. It's loading. It's oh wow, that is actually pretty cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> look at the okay. If those horses were running towards you like that, that would be so freaking scary. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Yeah. So and ah. sh- and shot on medium format. So take that. Suck it. All right. <laughs> What's next? Uh, what is next? What have we got? You've got a oh, uh, friend of the show. Oh, hey. Big congratulations. Huge congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> was that the fanfare? Yeah, that was a fanfare. All right. Uh, friend of the show, we bought your next Pirello. Yay. Uh, uh, 200 episodes of The Candid Frame. Two- Look. Man, th- we're th- never going to catch up with that dude. No, uh, 200th episode interview with, with uh, one of Bill's favorites, Dan Winters. Ah, oh, Dan Winters. <sighs> I want to so, hang out with Dan Winters. Yeah, so congratulations about ANX. Keep him coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, head over to the Candid Frame and give him a listen. He's, he's one of the good guys. He definitely is. And you can listen to episode, well, I don't know what episode it is, but I, but I did an interview with him. Oh, for the love of God. What? Nothing. What? You know what? It's a, first of all, it's episode one sixteen. Of course it is. And second, uh, suck it. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put a link to it in the in the show notes. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> hey, a number of people found our show because of that show. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because right. of that episode. Well done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wise ass. <laughs> hey, uh, Time Magazine put up this thing I found this morning. Yeah. Time Magazine's best <laughs> portraits of 2012. Best, 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 best. Port, 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 port. And a lot of them, uh, some of them are very, very good. And some of them some are of them, incredibly yeah. mediocre. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's interesting about it 
is the fact that, okay, some of them are, they're all, all these big photographers, right? They're Seliger and Martin Scholler and Sebastian Kim and, you know, these kinds of people. Sure. The, the big fancy people. What's interesting about them is that all of these, it just goes to show, well, it goes to a number of things. One, magazines like to highlight work that was done for them and say that they're the best portraits of the year. It, I don't know, because they're taken by... You got to imagine that this is 44 portraits. This is a weekly magazine. You didn't have 44 better portraits than these. You know, like, are these well, really the best okay. portraits? Or is it because it was taken by Martin Schuller or whatever? It's and a lot of a lot of the photographers represented are represented a number of times. So it's not 44 different photographers. Right. No, it's 44 different portraits, 44 portraits. Yeah. And many of them. Yeah. It's like six different photographers. Right. All interestingly enough, men, I think. What does that say about you? What does it say about me? I didn't choose them. What does it say about the people at time? My old buddies. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, look. Some of them are really lovely. And then other ones, you're just like, really? It just goes to show you, though, that even the best photographers in the world don't always take amazing portraits. Right. You know, just because you have Mark Seliger taking the picture doesn't mean that it's going to be a drop dead, you know, like, whoa, back up. I want to see that again. Picture. Right. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of pictures that I take that I don't ever want you to see. (laughs) Although I got to tell you, I do really like the Daniel Day Lewis one by Marco Grubb. Okay. The thing about Daniel Day Lewis is you cannot go wrong with a picture of Daniel Day Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) He's Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He can, he can, man, and he's got a one wonky nose. I never really noticed that. You ever notice how, how, how twisted his nose is? Uh, maybe it got, didn't he do a boxing movie? Maybe somebody broke it. And Jerry Lewis looks very old. Well, isn't he? Yeah, I guess he is really isn't, old. Isn't he in his 80s? Yeah, is probably. Is he in his 80s? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're right. He's been around. He's been making people laugh for a long time, right? Yeah. I, there was that great interview with Jerry Lewis. Did I talk about that on the show? Um... Uh, with this guy, it was like an hour long. Um, here it is, Bill Boggs. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Is it good? It is 47 minutes long. Audio, video, what is it? Video. Okay. And it is wonderful interview with Jerry Lewis from like 1980 or 1970-something. And Lewis had taken off like a, a, a like seven years of from movies because he didn't like the way movies were going, and mm-hmm. they brought him back to do this stuff. But it was still Jerry Lewis doing Jerry Lewis stuff. But it was beyond the time when Jerry Lewis should have been doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Like he okay. came back and was doing his thing, but the world had moved on. Still doing the same kind of shtick. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, he is so rich and powerful and whatever that he was sort of like. It was, it's fascinating. It's wonderful. And the guy does not pull any punches asking him questions. You know, I once read somewhere that, that, and I don't even know where or why, but he never wears the same pair of underwear twice. Really? Like wears them, throws them away. What's your excuse? <laughs> Can you afford to do that? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you don't wear the same pair of underwear twice for different reasons. <laughs> ah, there it is. <laughs> Anyway, I, you know what? I think it's almost always good to listen to uh, other artists talking about work. 
Oh, okay. it's like the 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 um what is the thing that Todd made me listen to watch last week? Um Todd Reynolds. Reynolds? Uh okay. made me watch the video of um um uh 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 John Zorn. I don't know who this is. John Zorn is a is a is a is a uh um a a a experimental musician sort of like really avant-garde kind of stuff. Okay. And uh he like he won a MacArthur grant, you know, th- that whole thing. Uh which like the thing that Jad Abumrad won. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. And there's this interview from 2007 with him with some like user group in some small town where he's talking about making art and hmm. making the kind of music he makes and he's one of those dudes who I have incredible respect for, but I really can't listen to more than 30 seconds of his music. Okay. Like what he makes just does not, it just goes right. It's too much. But I listening to him talk about art is fascinating. I'm going to put what, it what does he play? Well, he play, he's a composer, but he plays saxophone, but he also does this. He's one of these guys who just sort of does whatever he needs to do to get what he wants across. He's mm, okay. very, very, very artsy fartsy. Um, I, you know, I need to listen to some of Todd's stuff. I've never heard his stuff. Oh, Todd's stuff. Some of that stuff's out there, too. Yeah. In fact, the, the only. He's amazing. Violin. You know, I, I got a chance to see Jean-Luc Ponty. At okay. the Greek years sure. ago with his little Zeta violin. It was sure. pretty cool. I, I have a Zeta Stratus that my grandfather. Do you really? Yeah, my grandfather died and it's still around. Um, wow. But yeah, yeah, so John Zorn, listen to him talk, listen to Jerry Lewis talk about what they do. It's funny because it is so similar to the way we talk about what we're talking about. I mean, other than today when we're just bitching about film and digital. I, hey, I'm not bitching about anything. Um, <laughs> you're, you're like, I'm neutral. Whatever I'm, anybody says, <laughs> I'm I'm like Switzerland, man. Yeah. No one's gonna no one's gonna say have anything bad to say about me today. <laughs> anything bad to say about Bill? Podcast at yeah. ontakingpictures.com. Oh, really? Is that the way it is? That's how it's gonna go. Interesting. Interesting. Tell me about this Samsung thing. Samsung thing. Oh, the photo. Yeah. Wah, wah. Uh, so Samsung had a, a, a photo contest and, uh, the, the winning photo was, was plagiarized. It was, it was, uh, somebody else's photograph. Uh, and it was a pretty famous Japanese photographer whose photo was stolen, um, added some filters to it and passed it off as his own. And, and Samsung kind of got egg on their face about the, no, no, look, well, look, I, he, he changed it. Yeah, somebody said that you, the courts say only you have to change it ten percent, man. Well, you know what? Like, there's an argument to be made that he made something out of somebody else's art. He continued. Uh, he if he had put the other guy's name, inspired by whatever. Ah, okay. So putting a filter on isn't serious modification. No. Okay, but who says it was? Well, you know what? What's the difference? What because it was hard to do. That's the difference. No, because you, it was it wasn't his photo. Yes. Okay. And you know what? The original photos of Elvis were not Warhols. All right. I see where you. I, I see where you're baiting I'm, me, but I'm not. I'm not going. You're not there. biting. I'm not biting, okay. Mister. You think this is a bunch of BS? Uh. 
I, you know what? If I'm being completely honest, I, I don't, this particular thing, I, I really don't care much about it. Okay. Um, I You're think it's, screw this guy. Well, I think, I think in this particular case, it's a pretty obvious ripoff. I mean, I yes, don't think yeah, he changed true. it much. True. You know, it looks like it's maybe like a, like he did some split toning in Lightroom and, and made the highlights kind of yellowy and made the shadows kind of yeah. indigo purple. The thing is, blue. it's supposed to be, is it supposed to be an Instagram contest? Uh, I think Live it the is. moment Instagram contest. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Interesting. That is ballsy, though. It is. For him to it even is. put that in there, don't you know that you're going to get caught? Yeah. I mean, look, it's I, it's different, and I and I don't I don't know what the line is, and I don't want to get into a big copyright discussion, but it's it's different than Warhol. It's different than Shepard Fairey. You know, taking a photo and and doing Another good one a lot of stuff to it in, in many cases. Um, so it's a matter of how much you do to it. What, what was the argument? Like art is, is doing, taking something, doing something to it and then doing something else to it. Something somebody like that. said that. Yeah. I don't remember who said it. It was a good quote though. Um, yeah. Like it's only art yeah. when you do something to it twice. Right. Yeah. You it's, it's gotta be two steps removed somehow. Hmm. But again, I don't know what, what that is. Anyway, long story short, uh, you know, Samsung apologized. Look, it, is it a bummer? Yes. But in, in running these, these contests, it's going to be hard to, for Samsung or anybody to follow up and say, is this really your image? You, you have to take the photographer at his or her word at some point. Right. I and mean, how, how, how are you going to track down whether it is or isn't their work? You can't until yeah, somebody yeah. comes forward, like in this case and says, Hey, by the way, that's my work. Yeah. You know, that, uh, that, that Kirk Tuck thing, they also talk about how, you know, with the technical stuff that people would go out and take some massively perfect HDRE picture of, you know, a slow exposure waterfall or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Because in the old days, getting that sort of level of technical excellence took years of practice and, and, yeah, and whatever. No, and now, and it's now just... that it became easy. Right. It wasn't it wasn't fine. But at the same time. It, 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 there are everyone can do that now, you know. Yeah. And in, in, in a, another podcast, this this nerdy uh, video one about red cameras that 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 Claude makes me listen to. Some guy said it's kind of like in the in the Incredibles, you know, like if everyone's special, nobody is. Right. Yeah. You know. Wait, so, weren't you shooting HDR on your phone? <laughs> did, me? did I did I read that? Oh, well, I just I keep the HDR thing turned on so that okay. I do that because it is uh, the, the the dynamic range of the iPhone is so limited when you're doing like street photography stuff blows out. Yeah. Like I'd rather get as much of it in as I can and then I can play with it after the fact. I've, I've um, never used it. What does it bracket or does it do it all? It internal? takes multiple shots. Ah, okay. And then it puts them together. And okay. if you're moving the camera when you do it, I think it only takes two shots. But if you're moving the camera when you do it, you can get some really crazy like overlap effects. Huh. Interesting. Um, but if you if, with a still shot, it, it it looks really it looks too smooth. Like it's a little tone mapped looking, you know, okay. like overly tone mapped. Are there any parameters? Or no, it's just no. on or off. On or You've off. You've never okay. used it? 
No. It's in it's in the options. Like Why would I use HDR? I, I don't really like HDR. Well, no, no, no. But it's not trying to look like HDR. It's just making it so that it doesn't it doesn't clip the highlights. But wouldn't the assumption if something's called HDR wouldn't wouldn't the assumption well, yes, on the user okay. be it looks it's, like HDR? Yeah, but see, there's the therein lies the problem. Look, HDR doesn't look like anything. People make it look cartoony when they tone map it and use all kinds of whatever to make it look that way. There's plenty of multiple exposure HDR stuff that just looks perfectly natural, you know? All right. You don't agree? I don't know. I, HDR is a technique. It is not an outcome. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. And there are, there are people who take HDR pictures that look, uh, don't look overly done. You know? Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> Kidding. You know what? You're in a, you're in a thing today, aren't you? You're just trying to egg me on. No, I'm not. No, no. Remember me? Podcast at untaking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that look, you know, the world has enough really garish HDR pictures of the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. You know, yes, you could go down there and shoot one, but why would you? You can go on Shutterstock and find sixty-three of them. More, probably more, because they've got at least eighty. <sighs> so this thing doesn't bother you, or, or um, you expect it to be? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It bothers me in the sense that that I I would never try and pass off somebody else's work as my own. Yeah. But I, I don't think you can you can expect the burden of checking all of these photos. I mean, how do you check them, first of all? Right. 113, by the way. 113 entries. HDR, Brooklyn Bridge on Shutterstock. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I see what you did there. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, how do you, how do you police that? How do you, you know, when, when you, you know, let's say we run a photo contest, you know, how do we, you can't look it up unless you, I, I guess you could put it into Google image search and see what comes up. Have you ever run a photo contest? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe. I don't think so. Seems like it'd be a lot I, of work. I don't want to judge people like that. Because yeah. then somebody's going to get mad at me. You know, I've, I've entered into competitions. I, I'd, I'd rather they get mad at you. <laughs> yeah. I've entered into competitions <laughs> and, you know, and, and whatever. And, and you know what? A lot of... I'm not saying that like, oh, you know, I, I don't win. So they should have chosen me. But like, it just seems so arbitrary. You know? Um, how yeah. Do, how, mean, do you, how, do you how do you compare? Yeah. It's like, show me, you know, 50 paintings that are all completely different styles and different subjects and different whatever, and then judge which is the best. Well, in what criteria is it most accurate, most artistic, most colorful, most, you know, it's like, okay, well, then this is somewhat pointless. You might as well just throw them all up in the air and the one that lands on top is the best, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do like when there's a little more structure like we're going to have a landscape contest or we're going to have a portrait contest yeah. or whatever yeah but but yeah to your point just saying this is the best out of you know it's difficult i wonder if landscape photo competitions are still won by people doing really heavy hdr or if it's sort of it's i wonder if it's there's been pushback um that's I an interesting know. question 
When I mean Nikki, when Nikki won the Aperture contest, it was a, a black and white, straight black and white. See, that's because no Nikki- no duo tone, no split, just a straight black and white print or yeah. image, not print. See, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was neat. That's that's because uh, Nikki's awesome. Uh, she, yeah, she has. That's her because mom. she's better than all of us. <laughs> but she's better than me. <laughs> no, she's better than me too. <laughs> It's all right. Wait, why are we doing this? She should do this show. She No, she wouldn't. It would be an hour 40 of silence. <laughs> she just sit there? An hour 40 of uncomfortable fidgeting. Aw. <laughs> you know what? One of these days, you're not going to be around one day, and I, Nikki and I are going to do the show. And it's going to be uh, awesome. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we get to our photographer of the week? Uh, no, I'm. this is a good find. You guys are going to dig this. This this is this guy's good. Can, can you actually pronounce it correctly? I don't know if I'm going to. I, I, I think it's František Dertkol. Ooh, that wasn't bad. I think that's it. What's uh, impressive it, is the the amount of accents in the dude's name. Yeah. Any any uh, uh, Czechoslovakian uh, listeners uh, correct us. František Dertkol. František Dertkol. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys should really check him out. Uh, I see what you did there. Because uh, he's because he's checked. All right, what kind of stuff did he shoot? <laughs> uh, all kinds of stuff: nudes, portraits. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of you know. I said this earlier. A lot of his women look like Art Deco hood ornaments. Yeah. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah. It's it's funny. He he his stuff sort of bridges the whole pictorialist thing and then kind of shifts into more modern composition of bodies, you know, where, you know, with throne decor in the Wikipedia article, they say, uh, he liked to use, uh, geometric decorations and throne shadows. You know, it's sort of, he feels like he's the bridge between pictorialist and Bill Brandt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I could see that, you know, and that his he's got this whole cubist kind of thing going on some of the time, and some of them are very like some of them feel very futuristic in sort of the metropolis. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say very Fritz Langy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, very, very uh, different kind of look than we would normally go. A with. lot of strong silhouettes. Yeah. Um, Beautiful naked Czech women, apparently. Uh, really interesting stuff with perspective too. Yeah, I, you know, some of those I wonder how they were done. You know, mm-hmm. like some of the things where it seems like people are being stretched and stuff. Yeah, is it is it lenses? Is it mirrors? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, who, uh, who was it that, you, that famously used you almost like funhouse mirrors? Who was that you? Yeah, um, he used parabolic mirrors, and oh, what is that dude's name? In fact, you know who I'm talking he about. He had one of the prints in that show that I talked about last week at Princeton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, in fact, it was funny. I was just about to look up parabolic mirror. I was thinking about buying some curved mirrors and playing with them for fun. You think that's crazy? No, it's good. I want to try doing some of that stuff. Yeah, these thrown shadows, really fantastic. Yeah. Very graphic elements. Very, Um, very graphic. Just really wonderful stuff. Uh, Now, when did he live? Uh, 
Uh, late late nineteenth century to nineteen sixty one, I think. So oh wow, so eighteen eighty three to nineteen sixty one. Yeah, like oh, he geez. was he was around for he saw the introduction of you know handheld cameras and yeah. Can you imagine that from daguerreotype to to Kodachrome? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, wow. Now I wonder yeah. how much. It, it, there's a certain point, you know, when you okay. I've I've been watching a lot of. <clears throat> I'm going to say this quickly. Star Trek Voyager. Uh, lately. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching Star Trek Voyager. So, you know, <laughs> bite me. Um, Did you finish all the Doctor Who? <laughs> yes. So watching Star Trek Voyager. And what's interesting about it is that they, you know, sometimes they do these weird throwback to the 20th century things, you know, where one of them will pull out some sort of, you know, pocket watch that their great grandfather gave them or, you know, like that kind of stuff. Okay. Or a holodeck thing where they're playing around with a muscle car or whatever it is, you know, they're, I mean, obviously I know it's fiction, whatever it is, but at the same time, do you bill, do you know that it's fiction? Do you know where you're going to? I watched part of the whiz the other day. Anyway, did moving you? on. Yeah. Did you did you ease on down the road? Ease on, ease on down, ease on down the road. Can't go wrong with Nipsey Russell. Can't get nothing that might be alone. Hey, come on, we're gonna have to pay for that. Oh, Quit sorry. singing. Yeah. Um that's a nice one that you just sent me. Yeah, um, that's great. That 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 is there a point at which a certain technology becomes advanced to its peak where it really just levels off? You know, uh, famously, the mousetrap hasn't changed, you know, in 200 years or whatever. You know, is, 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 is. So why do people keep trying to build a better one? Well, but will, will cameras ever get to that point where it's like, you know what? Yeah. I mean, where, where the gear really does just flatten out and everyone can get perfect quality and it's just a matter of what you do with it. Well, I, I think it will. I mean, look, yeah. like, could, could you say that about a CD player? Yep. I mean, what, what are you ever going to do with a CD player that, I mean, wh- what has getting, been done? Well, they keep coming out with better converters. But yeah, yeah, that's, it's, it's an argument to be made. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it is, it is kind of interesting. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. You know, it, even, even walking around taking these pictures, like I'll see a, uh, um, uh, something on the street and I'll pull out my phone and I'll take the picture. The problem is how many billions of just random street pictures of stuff on the street are there nowadays, you know, and how many of them have character in the way that, uh, Meyerowitz stuff does, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, or lighter or any, or Carter Besson. Like how many of them actually have a point of view and how many of them are just like, Oh, I happen to be walking by this neat thing and it was neat and blah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sort of taken off the cuff versus, oh, now wait a minute. That's really interesting. Right. The way dot, 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 dot. Right. Now, you know, I, I talked to somebody recently who uh, once went through, was at, um, what's it called? Uh, a Magnum. And somebody was trying to impress them and said, hey, oh, here, you can go, feel free, go through the archives. And he flipped through a bunch of stuff by Bresson. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, you know what? There's a lot of really crappy pictures. Hmm. Like that it wasn't special just because it was Brisson. And I like, I, I thought that was interesting. You know, I, 
like that not everything these people take is great just like we said about the portraits earlier right you know right like yeah if a guy shoots for 50 years he's gonna get a hundred amazing pictures right you know um i you know i like uh i just put up a thing on faded and blurred about an ebook by mitchell kanashkovich who's a, a travel documentary photographer and in one of the things i said in it was i, I miss contact sheets I miss seeing the progression of an image, of working an image. Yeah. You know, because in, in digital, well, even, even film, you rarely saw contact sheets, but they were there. Um, and in this, in this book, he presents six or eight pictures working through an image. Right. Different perspective, different angles, different focal length, different lighting, trying to find yeah. Something that's compelling. Well, you know, to your point earlier, though, about how back in the old days, like nowadays, we shoot six pictures of the same thing. Back in the old days, you didn't. Well, actually, they did. They did. You know, how many? How many things? It just wasn't in a second, <laughs> right? And you didn't see them all. You usually only saw the one they wanted to show you, right? Right. And that somehow made it different. I like seeing the work in progress. You know, I I, I don't have it yet, but I really want that Magnum Contact Sheets book. Just for that reason. You should go get it. You we'll know? put it in the show notes. Yeah. To see, you know, Eve Arnold working through an image and, and what, what she si- decided to focus on and what details she decided to leave out. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that part of photography is hugely interesting to me. You know, I think, yeah, th- they had these on display at um, ICP not that long ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I've seen all these. They actually had their real things. Wow. Like prints of them. How cool. Yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty cool being at the stuff you get to see, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We have it pretty good nowadays. Yeah. All those people who say that are frustrated by whatever, those people's, you know, the world is a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, it can be, sure. You know, sometimes, you know, I think that we, I don't know, I think you and I both we have our ups and downs and the things that frustrate us and the things whatever, but you know what? A friend of mine had a new baby two weeks ago. Yep. You know, it's like they're, you know, and it's beautiful, cute kid, you know? And it's like, okay, you know, there's some wonderful things that you get to see in life. Yes. You know, are. we, you and I get emails from listeners that really kind of twist us up inside. Uh, yes. Every week. Yeah. So every week, one of us will call the other and go, did you see this thing? You know, uh, what do you think of that? And and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so somebody, somebody recognized me in a coffee shop the other day. That's right. And it was just like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) You know? That that just, I mean, it it messed me up for the whole day. Yeah, because in a good way, because I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, you know, the fact that we have an effect is pretty cool. Yes. Anyway. Yes. All right. Anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, you, we want to you want to give out the 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 stuff, right? The the uh, the, 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 the the juice. Contact at on take. What do we do? No, no podcast. Podcast at, at ontakingpictures dot com. All right, I messed up. Podcast Eesh. at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, go to fadedandblurred.com. You find Jeffrey. Go to billwadman.com or ontakingpictures.com. You'll find me. 
if you want to send people to the podcast, best place to do it is not on takingpictures.com, but rather 5x5.tv slash OTP, where yep. you'll also find the show notes at uh, 5x5.tv slash OTP slash 70 for today's episode. And uh, Google I, Plus group. Yeah, go look up the Google Plus group. We get A lot of people have been adding themselves lately. Yes, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I think we have a lot uh, of new really, listeners. really good work being shared. Yep. Uh, you guys are just killing it, and it's it's a very uh, a very warm community for criticism and 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 thoughts and stuff. It is, and I don't I don't understand why it why would, everyone's so nice. No, I don't understand why it wouldn't be. You know, people yeah. people put up stuff, or or you know, one photographer asks you advice or asks for help or you know why wouldn't you respond nicely considerately right right. i don't know ask ask (laughs) flicker see what i did there that's pretty funny uh i tweeted bill wadman you tweeted jeffrey sidoris j-e-f-f-e-r-y-s-a-d-d-o-r-i-s and i think that's it i think that's it yeah and go go check out uh uh frantischek yeah. Dritkol. Frentishik Dritkol. Man, we got he just that sounds so serious, right? He sounds serious. Yeah, that's the kind of guy you meet and you're like, whoa. Yeah, you're, whoa, really? Really? That's your name? It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, man. <laughs> we, we, we did not meet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> you have never met me. <laughs> Would you like to work for Czech Secret Service? Yeah. No, thank you. No, I will pass. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. We'll just catch you guys next week. Go take yep. some pictures. Have a great week. Going on and on the way we are for so long. To any fool, it's plain to see something's wrong. As this way. the way